started on the next 100 episodes just remind us and me again how you started the mighty beast man that's a crazy story because i think it was mighty beast used to be this like weed brand when i was in the uh, cannabis industry and um there was like a little retail store that i had created uh, just, you know, just for the fuck of it. And uh, so it had nothing to do with MMA. No, not at all. <laughs> and um, I already got the rights to it. Like I started like a little business thing on it. And uh, it was funny because after a while, I was just like, I don't know what to do with this shit because my cannabis business ended up failing. But uh, yeah, I freaking just transitioned it to having a podcast with me just fucking around trying to get better at speaking in like public and to other people. And, um, I just decided, you know what? Like I, I got tired of talking to myself and just like getting high and just fucking talking gibberish and shit. So I was just like, you know what? I think we could all agree when you get high talking to oneself is always the best conversation. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> in your eye, just, there's no better conversation. Always. Yeah. I I used to have this segment called like weed Wednesdays where I would just smoke something and then just keep chatting and just bullshitting with some of my friends. And then after a while, I just wasn't showing up, you know? (laughs) Oh, is it because maybe you were always so high? Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. You know, maybe we should bring a segment like that back where you watch a fight completely high off your gourd and record your <laughs> your observations while the fight's going on. I know, play right? Play the the highlights of that that stuff on like the following week's episode. <laughs> that'd be fucking sick, dude. <laughs> that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. And don't think that I would just be willing to throw you in front of that as well. Like I'd be willing to do like mushrooms or something and then watch like a, like a UFC fight or a one championship Muay Thai fight. I'd be, yeah, that dude. would be kind of interesting. <laughs> that would be pretty interesting. And so like, just to let you guys know, as we get into this new uh, chapter of the mighty beast, I met Sean when he joined our Muay Thai group for a little bit, when we were training, uh, when we were doing Muay Thai classes outdoors we were like in the park this is near the kind of the heart of the the pandemic in 2020 uh and that's how i met sean sean i met sean in training he would he would take some of our muay thai classes uh and months later uh when he was restarting the podcast he put out a social media call saying hey anybody interested in co-hosting an mma podcast and i guess i was the only one that answered and that's how i got the gig <laughs> wait a minute you weren't the only one that answered but. <laughs> so just 
to remember kids. you're the best candidate let's just say that of the shots you don't take <laughs> yeah you're you're the best candidate that's for sure and and uh you know we you know carlo and i hit it off really well you know we were into the same things the same girls i'm just kidding uh same uh you know what though dude it, it was cool because when when i brought it up to you i remember we we're just kind of like casually talking about it and then when i did put out that sos i was just like oh man finally somebody that really wants to get into this i had a couple of people um at the same time you know they were you know they were interested but then i just felt like we didn't have the chemistry you know between me and the other people and uh you know you and i got along really well you know, we were into the same things and uh it, it was cool so yeah and and and, and i've been for a while interested in trying to get into the podcast space have no technical knowledge had no idea about how you record how you edit how you distribute i'm still trying to learn some of that stuff so i'm completely leaning on sean's technical <laughs> expertise when we do these things guys so so i'm yeah. completely helpless when it comes to the technical side of it so that being the case if you guys ever have any technical issues with our podcast you could also blame <laughs> Sean. Blame Sean. <laughs> you give him all the credit and you just blame Sean also completely you know. blame him for what's going on yeah <laughs> so Sean last week we we posted on both our social media a a t-shirt giveaway in celebration of our 100th episode yeah uh, people commenting 100 on our posts commenting 100 on our stories and so tonight we're going to do the random drawing I'm going to record this and post it on my social media to show you guys that I'm not completely full of shit about the random drawing part. Yeah. And ju not just giving like t-shirts to our friends, even though most of our listeners <laughs> have friends, friends or relatives. Yeah. Friends, okay. So, um, and so you can see this, Sean, I got the hat here. All right. Yeah. I made a bunch of names of all of the people that are entering. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and record me picking out a random name from the hat right here. All right. Okay. So here we go. So I don't know if like in post-production, if you could uh, put some drum, like roll, drum shit. roll or some shit or something. So this is in my um, gold blooded golden state warriors hat. And just as an aside, uh, Draymond green uh, suspended <laughs> by the NBA indefinitely, indefinitely for, for fucking punching <laughs> use of Nurkic in the face. All right. Okay. So here I don't it, think it, they should have okay, done so dirty like that. Come on, man. All right. Okay. Pick the name right here. Okay. Here we go. Oh, shit. All right. Okay. Drop that. I'll pick that clean up later. All right. Pulling out the name. Pulling out the name. And it is. It's going to be our guy, Ray Ray. <laughs> hey, <laughs> what's up? Ray. You know what? I'm going to pick a different name. Because Why? Because. <laughs> <laughs> Ray's a friend of ours. We talk about him a lot. And then now he coincidentally wins a t-shirt. That's, that's a little sus. That's so. a little, that's kind of cool because he's one of the fight, the real fucking fighters that freaking he, fights, a, you know, he's a real fighter, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to, I'm just going to get him a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, you know what guys, I'm just going to get him. I'm just going to get him one of our shirts on our post so. on, on the post that I put out. You know, I said that we were going to give away a few. So Go ahead and, and draw like another okay, one. So we'll, we'll get Ray one. We'll get Ray one for sure. All right. Okay. And then here's a second drawing. Second drawing. God, I just wish there was, there was a better way for me to do this. Like, <laughs> tripping all over myself. And <laughs> mixed it. Mixing, mixing, mixing. Okay. Another name has been drawn. 
Okay, so the first name we just drawn was Ray. All right. The next name that we will give to is oh, our good friend Mike G. Mikey Golandrina, bartender hey. extraordinaire. Okay, so congratulations, congratulations, Mike, Mike G, winning one of our episode one hundred uh, t-shirts right there. That's pretty good, right? Oh yeah. All right. So hey, so all you guys who entered, uh, don't think I we don't have any love for you. We really appreciate you guys commenting and supporting the podcast. Especially, yep. hopefully, you're there for episode two hundred. Hopefully, oh, yeah. I'm around for episode two hundred. Who knows what will happen in 2024? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, really quick, just want to let you know that the past couple of weeks, bloodyelbow.com has been doing a really good series on the payouts for a number of UFC fighters over the past, I would say maybe like eight years. Um, These are numbers that were disclosed as part of the class action lawsuit that the UFC is involved in. These are pretty interesting numbers um, because you get to see like, um, who got like big cuts of the pie, who kind of, whose pay kind of just stayed level, even though they were with the company for a long time, just kind of interesting. So in the news section, I just wanted to point that out, Sean. Yeah. Uh, and also in the news section, uh, uh, Ian, uh, how, how do you pronounce his full name? Ian Machado uh, Gary. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Ian mm-hmm. Machado Gary, um, had to pull out of his fight this weekend against Vicente Luque's. <laughs> the flu that he had turned into pneumonia. And so that's some of the big fight news uh, going on. What, anything you else have you, that you've heard in the fight news arena? Um, other than that, I mean, Ian Gary's been all over the news. I mean, we didn't really talk about it too much. Yeah. Last it's more week. gossip stuff. So yeah, it's just it's not, not really, like it's not worth our time. Honestly. Oh, here's, here's big news in California. They've uh, recently, the California State Athletic Commission recently sanctioned bare knuckle fighting championship. Oh, so bare knuckle boxing coming to California <laughs> and, and slap I fight. Think, I think me and I think me and Sean are going to go. And unfortunately, also slap fight has also been sanctioned <laughs> in California, <laughs> which is really fucking stupid. Um, but hey, you got to get that tax revenue somehow. So I guess the athletic commission Ooh. here in California is super thirsty for some of the action. <laughs> You know what, though? I'm, I'm cool with the whole bare knuckle thing. I mean, we didn't talk. We also didn't talk about how I mean, we did talk about a little bit. I, I think we did. Um, who was it? It was Eddie Alvarez versus um, Mike Perry, Mike Perry. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mike Perry saying that he made more money in that one fight than he did in pretty much in his whole UFC career. You know, he say like Mike, Mike Perry is turning into kind of oh, a knuckle boxing genius. Yeah. I mean, he's just looking like he really knows what he's doing in there without the, the gloves. Dude, when you think about bare knuckle, anything, it's Mike Perry, like straight up a dude fucking, he, he just, his, his social media, all of that stuff is just nonstop fun. Well, so it'd be interesting uh, if it if uh, bare knuckle boxing comes to the Bay Area. I, you know, I think I would be interested in checking. That would out. you really do? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because it, it's a real combat sport. It's not like fucking like power slap bullshit. It's, it's a sport. It's a real combat sport. I'd be interested to see what the vibe is like. 
I'd be really interested to see what the fight approaches like up close. Um, I would be really interested to see what kind of crowd goes out to see bare knuckle boxing. So <laughs> it'd be a yeah, good study yeah, in yeah. human behavior, I think. <laughs> yeah. What about, uh, let me see. What do you think about, I mean, we're going to talk about Shafkat Rachmanov later. Did you, did you end up seeing the embedded at all? I did not. I did not. Anything interesting in there? Dude, that, I mean, you know, they always talk about old school, new school MMA. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I just went down like a rabbit hole on, on Shafkat Rachmanov. The dude's not even freaking 30 years old yet. I think he's like 26 or something like that. Something Jesus. super young. He hasn't even hit his physical prime. But dude, this guy probably... looks and fights like a killer, man. I, I can't wait to see what, what that fights. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but, uh, just to preface that. Um, but, uh, well, why don't we go ahead and just like get started with like talking about some fights then, yeah, then we could kind of look forward to this weekend. Uh, last weekend, it's UC fight night at the apex at in Las Vegas headlined by the bantamweights, Sonya Dong versus Chris Gutierrez. Uh, Sonya Dong wins a unanimous decision over five rounds. You know, he did open as a minus 380 favorite going into this anyway. So it couldn't be that big of a surprise. I was a little bit surprised at how how well Gutierrez uh, started. You know, he looked very fast. He looked crisp. I was I was also impressed by uh, Sonya Dong's patience in terms of when to use his power instead of trying to uh, chase the fight. He let it kind of come to him. Uh, so, like, I was impressed by both fighters, but Sonya Dong is the real deal. I agree. Uh during the fight, if you noticed, there were a few eye pokes here and there. And mm -hmm. uh, there was also like a there was also one eye poke where, you know, it put a really big welt on the top of uh, Song Yudong's eyelid. And, you know, a lot of people were talking about how, um, you know, uh, Gutierrez was a replacement fighter and that Song Yudong should have dominated him. But that just shows how tough uh, Gutierrez is. And there was also like a, uh, a point towards the end of the fifth, I mean, the beginning of the fifth round where his coach was saying, dude, you got to go for it. You know, you're down on the cards. He goes for an Imanari role. And uh, it, it, it was a really poor Imanari role. I agree. As well. It was like a flopping kind of, I don't know if he just, just misjudged something or it was just kind of one of those things where you subconsciously just give up a position because you just don't have anything left in you. That's what yeah. it looked like to me. But I mean, for the first, for the first like minute in the round, he went for the, not, I'd say maybe the first 10 seconds, but that's, I don't know when you, when you go for an Imanari rule, you have to almost pretty, pretty much commit like a hundred percent. You have to put yourself like all the way in there and underneath them. And Gutierrez wasn't even close to being underneath. No. Song <laughs> so it just, it looks strange. It looks strange. Where does a song, it could be yeah. one of those situations where, you know, you're in a, where you're in a, you're in a circumstance where you're desperate. And so you just do things that are just way out of character. So where does that put Song Yudong as far as um, title implications? I mean, we, you know, this is a pretty heavy weight of not a pretty heavy, but a pretty stacked weight class. So there's, yeah, there's a ton a of people going in the on queue. Bantamweight. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on at Bantamweight. You know, it, it just it definitely puts him in a conversation in terms of being maybe two fights away, two to three fights away from any kind of title uh, 
title situation. Uh, but I also think uh, on the other side of it, I think Chris, Chris Gutierrez um, did well for himself, at least in terms of like being a good company person. And hopefully UFC takes care of him in the future. I agree. So who do you want to see Song Yudong fight next? How about Tim Elliott? I mean, he showed out pretty well uh, during Suma that. Darji. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he pretty much put Sumadarji out. And uh, yeah, know. I called that one wrong. Since we're jumping to that one, I'm going to give myself a shut up white belt, Carlo, <laughs> because I picked Sumadarji on that. And I'm going to blame you because you're the one who put me on to Sumadarji, fucker. <laughs> but you know what? Also, I mean, Tim Elliott was, you know, I remember where there was a little bit of confusion. I thought it was going to be a. Um, at flyweight, but ended up being at a uh, bantamweight. Tim Elliott mm-hmm. being, you know, he was a former title challenger as well. And um, Tim Elliott, I heard he knew and trained for this fight. <laughs> what do you, what do you say Maybe about that's that? Secret. That's the secret. I think that's the secret to any big moment in your career, education, life. Just don't prepare for it. Yeah. Just don't prepare for it. Just be prepared. Preparation is bullshit. Just go in there with whatever you're doing in your life right now. <laughs> Overweight, uh, out of shape, uh, <laughs> not in a fighting mindset. Just go in there and do it. I think that's the secret to success in life. And by the way, I, like I know that. this is just a podcast. So you can't see the sarcasm on my face. <laughs> that is that is just sarcasm all over. So I'll, I'll work better on my sarcasm voice, uh, folks. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Song fight. The, his original opponent, which is Peter Yan. Yes. I, I I mean, I think that would be a pretty big step up in competition, although you could argue that Peter Yan is on the the downside of his career, even though he wasn't it wasn't too long ago that he was the champ. But that would be a real test. Agreed. That would be a real test for both of them. It would be a test for Peter Yan to show that he's still relevant in that division. And it would be a test for Yadong to show that he should be taken seriously. Yeah. So what about the Comey event with Khalil Roundtree versus Anthony Smith? Anthony Smith coming in on short notice. What did you see in that fight, Carlo? I mean, not too surprising in the sense that that Khalil Roundtree just looked sharper. I was impressed that Anthony Smith, having taken this fight on short notice, looked like he was going to try to be the aggressor mm-hmm. and try to put pressure on Khalil Roundtree, but Anthony Smith was just letting Khalil get away with his check hook. It was way too many times. I mean, yeah. when, come in, when Anthony Smith would come in with a combination, it was slow getting back to defending and Khalil's counter hook was like landing. I mean, I don't have the numbers here in front of me, but it was almost like, I think he only missed one hook punch yeah. in those counters. And so like you, you're watching it, and it almost just like looked like, you know what, Anthony Smith is super tough, but it just seemed like it was just a matter of time before Khalil Roundtree would put him away. And he did in the third round. You know, Anthony Smith, uh, initially, there was some really ticky movement that he was doing. I think he was really expecting Khalil to start kicking the legs, where as mm-hmm. Khalil wasn't really kicking the legs as much. I think he mm-hmm. was doing a lot mm-hmm. more body kicks and, and like you said, the check hooks. Anthony Smith, uh, I thought that he was going to be able to at least get into the clinch and try to push him against the fence and, you know, possibly get a takedown. But, you know, Anthony Smith, he I guess he knew that, you know, he didn't really have much time to to kind of work. He, you know, he took this fight pretty much on short notice and, 
you know, he, he did back up Khalil Roundtree a little bit and he was landing. Yeah. He was landing. It's kind of impressive. It was kind of impressive. Yeah. Uh, and in a way it was also, so I'm going to give props to both fighters, Anthony Smith trying to put pressure on Khalil, but Khalil also showing some patience. So even though he would be stepping backwards in some exchanges, not trying to, not trying to chase the fight and put himself out of a bad, put himself in a bad position where he could get seriously hurt. So yeah, it was, it was a good showing by Khalil Roundtree. At the end, Khalil, uh, during the interview, uh, his post-fight interview, that is, uh, you know, he had mentioned that he would, you know, he's, he, he wants that title fight. Now, is that something you'd want to see? I mean, there's, there's something to it, you know, that would would be compelling. It would be right. Um, Now I I'm the first one to tell you that the ranking system in the UFC is super subjective. It's like, like whoever, whoever uses this, the softest hands on Dana gets like <laughs> higher, highest ranking. Great way you know, to put Kilo it. Roundtree, yeah. Kilo Roundtree right now is number 11. So to leapfrog all the way to a title fight, just seems a little like, um, a little much. I think it'll leave a bad taste in a lot of, uh, a lot of mouths out there in the in in the light heavyweight division, but it would be a compelling fight between him and Sean Strick. Uh, not Sean Strickland, excuse me, between him and uh, Pereira. Um, yeah, I mean so, they have uh, they have Johnny Walker slated to fight Magomed uh, Ankalaev, Yuri Proska is you know he just fought for the title uh, recently, and then Jamal Hill he's still injured. So you know what. Maybe like him versus Blakovich. I mean, that and maybe the winner of him, of Johnny Walker and Magomed Ankalaev. I mean, mm. that's that would be a good one. I think there. I think there's a lot of good action to be seen at light heavyweight. I think one of the sad things, though, about the light heavyweight division right now is that there's I, I don't. Can you name me anyone in the light heavyweight division at like top 10? I mean, you probably can that you could really call like a hyper elite grappler. Ooh, uh, no, I mean, maybe. Yeah. So like, so it's, it's kind of interesting as you get higher in the weight classes in the UFC, the skill set becomes less and less rounded. Agreed. I totally kind of agree a sad, with that. It's kind of a sad state of affairs in a way. I mean, but again, you know, maybe, maybe it, that's just my, my bias. Maybe it's just as you get, hiring the rankings, whoever is better at their particular specialty just finds more success. Well, I just feel like ever since John Jones left the division, you know, like heavyweights just been kind of like a, it's been a carousel of champions. I agree. Yeah. Like there it's, it just keeps getting passed on and I don't know, maybe, uh, hopefully there'll be some, uh, answers later. Cause I think, who was it? I think I saw, I forget where I saw it, but Alex Pereira is trying to be the first three division champion. He, he, he's been thinking about that. So it'd be interesting to see uh, what other fights on this card kind of caught your eye. Well, because if none, then let's we could all go ahead and talk about one, like, one championship. You know, oh. I do have one. You know, uh, I've, I've been really high on Tatsuro Tyra. There was a fight, uh, Tatsuro Tyra versus Carlos mm-hmm. Hernandez. Uh, Tatsuro Tyra comes in with, his, I think, his first knockout in the UFC, which is uh, pretty good for him and him being uh, known as a submission artist. So yeah. Shout but, out I mean, to they, were, they, served, they served 
Hernandez up on a platter for Tyra <laughs> because right? I mean Tyra again, like I mentioned last week, he opened as a minus five seventy five favorite. So they were trying to they're trying to build this guy up. And maybe he might be part of them trying to rebuild that flyweight division, get some hype oh, around man. there too. It doesn't hurt having an international star. Yeah, a lot. I mean, speaking of international, there's a lot of international on this card. And and you know, hey, fighting is a world world. Uh, it's a worldly experience. Agreed. <laughs> you have fighters out of every country. So let's talk about going to other countries. Let's talk about uh, one championships card last last weekend. Let's start with one fight night seventeen that was on Prime Video. Uh, it was headlined by the heavyweight Muay Thai World Championship of Roman. Uh, Kriklia versus Alex Roberts. But the Muay Thai fight everyone ended up talking about was the fight be- between Smoke and Joe Nadawat and Luke Lassay. And holy shit, that was a fucking Scrap. That was a firefight. <laughs> yeah, it was Small a great gloves, fight. fought at featherweight. Um, Smoke and Joe gets the unanimous decision win after three rounds. But man, like Luke's Lassay uh, held his own. Where's he? And, where's he and, training her? Uh, he's a he's a he's an American, my guy. Yeah, yeah. Where's and he training? So, though? Is he training oh, wait, in Thailand or is gym? He... You know, I I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know. I but if... you guys, uh, uh, one championship has posted this fight on their YouTube channel, so you could find it. Uh, That's how so good it check was. Check it out. Yeah, it's Joe Nadawat versus Luke Lassay. And it's just something that everyone's been talking about. Just like, holy shit, that was some, that was some fucking action. That was some fucking action. And there was some, there was a lot of good Muay Thai action on that card. And also last week was one Friday fights 44. Uh, that also that was pretty card. damn good too. And that was good too. And also again, you know what? This will be this week's episode of Carlo tries pr- to pronounce some <laughs> difficult names and I'll just let you know that this time, most of the difficult names are in the Muay Thai section, not in the MMA section. Mm. So not as fun. <laughs> not as fun. So, uh, but just to give you an example, catchweight Muay Thai at 124 pounds. Uh, Thailand's, <clears throat> here we go. Gan Chai Jit Muang Nan went up against another Thai, Bin Ladin. Sang Mora caught. Ooh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> Are you sure that's not Bin Laden? <laughs> that's who died. When you first read it, it's just like, it's not Bin Laden. It's Bin Laden. Okay. I'm like, what okay, the so, fuck? So don't get me in trouble, bro. <laughs> so anyway, that was a one Friday Fights 44 uh, last weekend. Uh, and now we look forward to this weekend. It's a big, big UFC UFC 296, T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Sean's headline, Walter Waite title fight. Champion Leon Edwards will finally fight perpetual Walter Waite title contender, Colby Covington. Odds are pretty close here. Leon, Leon Edwards opening as a minus 155 favorite. Colby Covington, a, only a plus 130 underdog. And I think the recipe here is pretty simple. Colby Covington can slug with a lot of people, but he wants to get this into a grappling situation with Leon Edwards. I agree. And my question is, has Leon evolved after the two title fights that he had with uh, Kamar Usman? 
Like, is, is that experience going to be the factor of him being able to get Colby off of him? Because, you know, Colby, you know, his striking is okay, but he's not one of those people that knocks people out all the time. You know, he, you know, he uses his pace and he uses his pressure to kind of break people. Yeah. To grind you down. Yeah. So is, is Colby going to be able to implement that type of game plan onto Leon Edwards in your opinion? It's going to be interesting. I think the, the, the answer is going to lie into whether or not Colby's inactivity is going to affect what his output looks like in this fight. Very true. Um, to, to put it into like numbers perspective, you know, um, Colby's takedown accuracy is about 45%. Whereas Leon Edwards takedown defense is at 69%, which is pretty high. So in order to make this into that messy grind out grappling uh, engagement that Colby wants, he's going to really have to wear Leon Edwards down because he's not going to be able to just take an explosive shot and take Leon Edwards down out from the beginning. He's going to have to like trap him against the cage, volume punch him. But then in that situation, that's where you might get caught up in Leon's ability to counter strike effectively. And to answer your question, I think he probably got a lot of confidence from his experience fighting Kamaru Uzman. You know, losing significantly in the first fight against Kamaru before he got the head kick knockout in the last round. And then in his second fight against Kamaru, just dominating in that fight where Kamaru wasn't able to implement any type of grappling. So I'm going to go with Leon Edwards here by a decision and a shocking decision. I think yeah. it's going to be kind of shocking in the sense that he'll be able to control the cage, uh, create angles to stay out of Colby's direct uh, center line of attack. So I don't know. How do you see this? You know, I like the fact that you brought up that uh, Colby has been kind of off for, gosh, I think his last fight was against Jorge Masvidal. And that was like in 2000, like the first quarter of 2022. Uh, So that play, I think that's going to play a huge factor uh, number two, I think that, you know, Edwards being the more active uh, fighter out of the two, I don't know if Colby can, I, I just don't know if Colby can, can strike with, with Edwards. I know that Colby's going to be shooting. I know he's going to try to grind him out, but I just feel like Edwards' striking is just so far beyond that, that it's, it's almost like, it's almost going to be like Alex Pereira versus put name, put anyone's name in there, you know, where his. You know, it, and yeah. It's different with like the Leon is not going to overcommit on power punches where this is where a lot of people, when they get into exchanges with Colby, when they overcommit on power punches and it doesn't happen to knock them out. When you throw with a lot of power, you also gas yourself. Yeah, and that and when you gas yourself against Colby, that's when he gets you. I just don't really see Edwards putting himself in danger like that where he's, I think he's going to go more for accuracy as opposed to, to just trying to go for a finishing strike with everything he throws. Yeah. And so in that case, in that sense, even if he gets into striking exchanges with Colby, he's going to be doing it in a safer and smarter way. Um, So I think he's just going to outscore Colby here. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's going to look and it's going to look brilliant in the sense that, you know, Colby's going to be there as a target. 
Is Kobe doesn't go backwards early. What's your take on Colby claiming that he does not cut weight? I mean, it could I I could kind of believe it because when you look at the gas tank that he's exhibited in all of his past fights, you just think, man, that's someone that doesn't look like he really killed himself to make weight. You know, a lot of these fighters, you could argue they gas themselves out because they spent most of their week trying to lose 15 to 20 pounds of water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if Colby doesn't have to go through that kind of thing, it would explain why in his fights, he has such, such output. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I'll make my pick. I'll say, I'm going to go with Edwards also. I think Edwards stops him. I think it'll be TKO, maybe like a cut or nothing where Colby's like out and just like knocked out or anything. I think they, they stop it because yeah, I say cuts. Oh, well, Buck, that's very specific. I know. <laughs> Watch me be brilliant and then make somebody some fucking money, you know? Okay, so. well, then give Sean a cut, motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> hey, co-main event is a flyweight title fight. The champion, um, Pantoja, defending against your boy, Brandon Royval. Come on hey, now. Th- this is going to be kind of close. Pantoja, only a minus 192 favorite. Royval, only a plus 160 underdog. It's almost like a pickle, um, huh? Uh, well, I mean, I know, it, it's it's close. It's not exactly 50-50, but it's not like the 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 odds makers are expecting Pantoja to stomp on Roy Vall. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of curious how this is going to unfold. Um, what are you thinking, Sean? How do you how is how is what's the key to this fight for either of these fighters? I watched their first uh, matchup uh, while I was having a lunch break, and uh, you know, Brandon Royval. Besides him being, you know, part Filipino because, you know, he's our Filipino brethren. Um, <laughs> Alessandre uh, Pantoja, you know, he's a monster, man. Like his last mm-hmm. fight where he ended up winning the title, you know, they, they even put this really deep piece on the uh, embedded about, you know, how uh, he, he grew up with a single parent and like his dad kind of just left and whatnot. And that's like his motivation for everything. But if you look at the first fight, you know, Alessandre uh, Pantoja, he... You know, he was very aggressive in the beginning and Brandon Royval was able to kind of weather the storm and actually put uh, Pantoja on the back foot. And Brandon Royval was actually landing a lot of shots. And there was a point in that second round where Pantoja was able to get Royval's back a bunch of times. And uh, it was not until maybe the second round where Royval made a very bad mistake of kind of over overreaching on a cross. And that's how he eventually got his back taken and uh, choked out. But, um, you know, that was, you know, a few years ago. And I know that Brandon Royval, he had that really crazy fight with Matt Schnell. And then uh, a lot of people really don't know that, you know, he knocked out uh, Nicholas, uh, I think Mateus Nicolou or something. That's one of his uh, old appoint- opponents. But a lot of people don't notice. But Brandon Royval actually does have power. He does have really good submissions. Um, but you know, I think he's evolved enough to where he can beat him. But will he be able to beat him? Because Al- Pantoja's jiu-jitsu is just way too. I mean, I, I know that Royval's got a black belt, but Pantoja's got a black belt in life. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. By the way, I think Sean just dropped uh, an idea for a new (laughs) t-shirt. Your black belt is useless against me because I have have a black black belt belt in in life. life. (laughs) 
<laughs> so are you saying man. then the one with the black belt in life is going to win this fight? You know what? My heart says Royval because he is my fucking Filipino, our Filipino <laughs> so bre- basic. brethren. <laughs> fucking basic, bro. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I feel like Pantoja is just too experienced, too strong. And uh, even though Royval is a taller fighter, but he just, Pantoja just has way more experience as far as the, the bigger fights. So I'll give it to Pantoja by, I say he finishes him. Like a, like TKO strikes. I mean, I'm not going to hold your feet to the uh, fire on I'll it. I'll just say so. finish. Cause I, I just have a feeling it'll go either way. There's definitely going to be a finish. All right. Just to, just to know in terms of numbers, like apparently according to the stats here, Roy Vall is a hundred percent on his takedown attempts. What? Holy yeah, shit. But apparently Pantoja is 66% on his takedown defense. Um, Oof. That's but, interesting. You know, it's, but it's, it is interesting too, because even though Roy Ball is rated 100% accuracy for his takedown attempts, he's only 39% on his takedown defense. Oh, <laughs> so, so I don't know if Pantoja decides to try to take him down, he might have a good shot at it, even though Pantoja's takedown accuracy is only rated at 44%. So <laughs> it'll be interesting. This should be, this should be an exciting fight. These flyweights always bring the action. They always bring a variety of techniques. Uh, so I'm excited for that one. And I'm also excited for the Walter Waite fight that's on mm-hmm. the main card. And you mentioned Shafkat uh, Rachmanov. He's fighting Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I am aghast at these odds. I know Wonderboy Thompson is the older fighter. I think 40. he's almost 40. No, I think he's right? 40, yeah. He's 40, yeah. And would you say Shavkat's like 26 or something? Something like um, that. Yeah, Shavkat is here. opening as a minus 650 oh, favorite. Oh, he's 29. <laughs> minus, oh, he's 29? Yeah, that's what it says okay, on that's, MMA that's, that's Junkie. A, that's a lot different than 26. 26, yeah. Uh, so well, anyway, Shavkat is a minus 650 favorite. Uh, and Wonder Boy is a plus 470 underdog. Uh, I, I just don't want Wonder Boy to get hurt. I'm a big fan of Wonder Boy's fighting style. Um, but Shavkat seems like he's like a guy who's on a mission in the Walter Waite division, Sean. I agree. And if you watch the piece on Rachmanov on the embedded and not on embedded, but uh, on the countdown, you kind of get a deep dive into, into what he's been through. And, you know, he, he grew up in a very like middle to low class type of family where, you know, the family didn't have any businesses. They didn't have any like anything given to them. So all they really had was sports. And, you know, his sport ended up being fighting. And, you know, Rachmanov, he's one of those guys that's that new age fighter where he grew up in MMA. It's not like something specific like wrestling or, or jujitsu or Muay Thai or boxing or anything like that. So uh, I watched a couple of his fights again just to do a little bit of research. And God, this guy is a fucking killer. His grappling is good. His takedowns are good. His striking is good. Uh, but. I would have to say that if he decides to try to stand with Stephen Thompson, it's going to be a long night. I don't know if uh, Stephen Thompson wins, but he's going to get marked. It's going to be interesting because like uh, uh, Shavkat's takedown accuracy is only rated at 33%. Yeah. So it's, it's, you might, this might just turn into a standup thing. Now, listen, very few strikers can stand in there with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Agreed. And kind of, like I go toe to toe with them or like play that points game with them. I think the thing that's going against Thompson here though, is his age and the style that he cho- chooses 
that very, you know, old school kind of sports karate style. It's explosive, it's dynamic, it's fun to watch, but it's also very energy demanding. Yeah. And it's hard to keep that pace on your feet uh, at 40 years old at Walter weight. Um, so like, I just hope Steven Thompson doesn't, uh, doesn't get hurt, but I'm thinking that, uh, Shavkat's going to get a decision here. I don't think he finishes him because, no. uh, wonder boy is super smart and super, super agile, super elusive, but he will get caught up with some big shots that he, I think he will survive. But again, I think Shavkat's going to get, get the decision win here. Do you think that the layoff, uh, not not as far as like a long layoff, but you know it's been about a year since Wonderboy fought, whereas Rachmanov fought back in March, I think it was, uh, when he ended up submitting Jeff Neal with a standing rear naked choke. By the way, um, do you think that the activity for for him being out for a year, you think that's going to play into? Uh, well, I think given Wonderboy's age. The inactivity is not such a bad thing ah, uh, because you have your own, you have your experience that you could really rely on over those years of all that long fight career. So as you get older, you don't really need to fight as much. You don't even really need to spar as much. So it might be great for Wonder Boy just because of him allowing him to heal, allowing his body to, to kind of get fixed up and get really in shape for this. But you are who you are when you step in there. Agreed. And, um, I don't see Wonder Boy choosing a style that's a little less energy demanding than the one that's brought him so much success over the years. Yeah, that's what he said uh, in a couple of interviews as well. He's like, "Why? Why am I going to change something that? Uh, why am I going to change something that you know that works?" And dude, yeah. how about how about freaking Wonder Boy and his dad just? killing the martial arts school game out in the freaking out in the East coast over there, man. Yeah. I think it's well, South Carolina, I believe. Yeah. Are they in South Carolina? Yeah. South Carolina. That gym is huge. Dude. I hear it's gym is freaking like, huge. just looking at it. It looks like the fucking UFC PI, just different it, colors. They they got everything going on in there. They got MMA classes. Yeah, they, they got, got kids. They got karate classes, yeah. the karate for kids as well. Got it going on out there. Uh, so, and also if we, for those of you who are looking for other reasons to root for like Wonder Boy to do well, him being one of the nice guys in MMA, um, there's video of him doing some light sparring with uh, Muay Thai great Sanshai. They hosted no a Sanshai, oh. yeah, they, they hosted a Sanshai seminar at his gym there. So him and Sanshai do a little bit of light play sparring, and it's it's super playful, it's super fun, no egos. Um, and you know, it's in Wonder Boy's gym, but he lets Sanchai do some work and show off a little bit. And it's super fun stuff, some good vibes that's in the martial cool, arts. Man. So that that's cool. Um, what are you thinking about when you listen? Um, not when you listen, when you when you when you know that Tony Ferguson, who will be fighting Patty Pimblett has um you know gone through some like seal training or something with uh, <laughs> David goggins. uh yeah with, with yeah. goggins and uh you know in interviews he's saying you're gonna see the best tony that you've ever seen there's nobody that's gonna step into a cage that's tougher mentally and physically than me 
I mean, what, what's your reaction to all that? Does Tony pull this out? I mean, Patty Pimblett's opening as a minus 310 favorite. <laughs> Tony Ferguson, a plus 250 underdog. Uh, I mean, is this one of those things where fighters tell them still stories to make them feel that they're still relevant, that they still got it? Yeah. Is, I mean, is it, and is it a delusional story that Tony's telling himself? You know, I, don't, I honestly don't think that you know, the whole David Goggins thing and the SEAL training and all that was, I don't think it was anything physical. I think it was something maybe more mental more than anything. And, you know, Tony looked good up until he got stopped in the last few fights where, you know, when he got front kicked by Chandler, when, when he got submitted by green, like he was doing pretty well. He, you know, he, he big has moments a, in all those fights. Yeah, He had big moments, but you know, what happened to the Tony, that was like elbowing from the, from, from his back and like throwing up triangles and throwing like crazy Darces and all this other stuff, you know, all that stuff is kind of behind him. Whereas like Patty Pimblett, you know, he's trying to right the wrong from his last fight with, uh, what was his name again? Was it, that wasn't Jared Gordon. Was it? I forget what his name was. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it was Jared Gordon, but I'm thinking that, you know, Patty Pimblett has a chance to, you know, get a legend under his name. Uh, whereas is Tony a legend? I think so. I think he's a future Hall of Famer, to be honest. What? Yeah, totally. He's he's gotta okay, be. Okay, wait, hold on. I gotta check myself though. Okay, it's true he was an interim lightweight champion. Yes. Okay. You know, he did fight some pretty wait, wait, big wait, names. Yeah, that's true. He beat Pettis. He had some wars in there. With he had some, some good people. fucking okay. wars, I, I man. Gotta, I got to think about this. I, mean, I, gotta just, I just don't want to get become one of those. those if you look, that if like you throws look, the word legend around. But look at the fucking. I'm not, I'm not pushing totally back on you, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm a legend. Nate though. Diaz, Michael Chandler, I mean, Benito Jaryush, okay, Charles Rivera, okay. Justin Gaethje, Donald Cerrone, Anthony. Dude, he's fought Hall of Famers. All right. He's beat. Uh, what's his record against Hall of Famers? <sighs> not good but <laughs> okay so well okay so like all right i mean just one of those things but i mean just about just you one, know i'm not trying to hate i'm not trading i'm not hating on tony ferguson i'm just saying this is like you know i think we're getting a little bit of nostalgia bias thinking that you know perhaps this might be the last hurrah yeah i mean dude one thing that would be amazing is if he, win or lose he I say he retires that night, man. Like for, for fuck everything else, man. If he retires, I think it, it puts everyone at ease and I think it'll be yeah, you know, better for his legacy. Good, good. He's not going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Cause if he loses really bad, I mean, I, I honestly think that I, I don't know if Patty Pimblet is fast enough to catch him. Maybe he he's fast enough to catch him and then pound him out, but I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he has the accuracy to just put him out with one shot. I think that so would probably be the Tony, worst. How does how does Tony win if he if he can win this fight? What's the what's the path to victory for him? Oh, God, I think it's probably going to be off his back. Yeah, I, I kind of feel it's going to be one of those things yeah. where it looks like he's in trouble. Patty closes the distance. Tony pulls guard and does something crazy. Yeah. 
like cuts and that's them like up. such and that's such a hail mary way to I have know. to go about it so which it makes it look even worse but if he went so, if he pulls it off dude that would but if be, he pulls it off it'd be like it'd okay be so just crazy retire please retire yeah please retire your crazy ass there's oh, gonna be blood man. though that's for sure there's gonna be blood speaking of blood uh headlining the prelims featherweight fight between josh emmett and bryce mitchell um oh so guys, they moved that up huh yeah, yeah. Oh, they. I, oh, maybe, maybe they moved that to the main card since Vicente Luque yeah, doesn't have an opponent. Most anymore. likely. Yeah. So, th- thanks, thanks for correcting me, Sean. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, hey, women's bantamweight fight: Irene Aldana versus uh, Carol Rosa. Uh, that's a good one. That's hey, a great fight. Former bantamweight champion Cody Garbrandt. How dare them Brian, put him on the prelims? <laughs> fighting Brian Keller. Well, you got to fucking win. Fighting Brian Keller. Uh, this should be a good one. Garbrandt opening minus 198 favorite Kelleher plus 164 underdog real fast. Who you got for this one? I say Cody, uh, Brian Kelleher, you know, he's savvy vet, but I just feel like Cody, you know, he's probably had like a little resurgence. I like him here rather than at 125. So I think he has something to prove here. I think he gets it done. I think he knocks him out. He'll be worse on his defense. It stops just relying on just pure head movement. I'm wondering who he's, who he's coaching. I mean, who's coaching him, you know? Like, I know mm-hmm. he was with Mark Henry for a little bit. Uh, so let's see. Let's see what happens. And just to satisfy my thirst, uh, uh, women's flyweight Dying about uh, Casey O'Neill versus Ariana Lipsky. I'm, I'm a big fan of Ariana, Ariana Lipsky's striking approach, but it hasn't always translated to uh, success in the MMA context. <laughs> I'm a big fan of her Instagram. Same thing with Casey O'Neill. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there's, there's, there's that honesty. <laughs> I mean, gosh, I mean, they're both super hot. Dude, in the early prelims, your boy, Andre Philly, fighting Dude, uh, Lucas Almeida. Uh, and, and your boy, Andre Philly, opening as a minus 175 favorite, Lucas Almeida, plus 145 underdog. Well, they're putting him up against the fucking guy that came off the contender series. So Andre Philly, man, longtime veteran. I hope he retires too soon. <laughs> you said that three <laughs> fights ago. I know. Him I know. <laughs> but yo, hey, UFC 296 this weekend. Guys, hit us up on our Instagram. Uh, let us know who your picks are for the fight. Dude, how, the card's how, stacked though. Man. What you're looking for. It's a pretty stacked card. Um also going on this weekend, uh, one championship staying busy, one Friday fights at Lumpini Boxing Stadium in Bangkok. Uh, Sean, before we talk a little bit about grappling action this weekend, how did your team do at the Nogi Worlds? Oh, they did really well. You know, no one ended up taking gold, but a lot of silver and a lot of bronze, which is amazing. Um, great experience for the guys. You know, it was a blue belt and up tournament. Um, I haven't seen them yet. I haven't been to the gym, but, uh, from what I've seen, you know, my guy, Ethan, who's, a, I think he had like maybe 12 people in his bracket took third, which is amazing. Uh, my, my guy, Ron, who's kind of like our age, he ended up taking third as well. in a really stacked division as well. Yeah, you know, purple do it for stacked. the old guys, Ron, yeah, yeah, yeah. do it for us. Let's old go guys. buddy. <laughs> Masters too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, I think well, you're younger than me. I think I'm Masters three. No, what forty five and up? You're not forty five, are you? 
Uh, I am 45, bro. Hey, I'm, I'm turning. Are you turning 45 or are you turning 46? I'm turning 46. <laughs> Shit, I'm turning 43. So, um, but amazing showing from everybody. Uh, you know, I didn't get all the results yet, but from what I've seen, I heard it was an amazing event. I heard it was on time and I heard that, you know, a lot of people ended up getting promoted after winning. And I did see that 10th line of Oakland. They got a you know, a couple golds out of there too. So shout out to Mark, uh, Mike Hillebrand out there in 10th Planet Oakland. Uh, congrats to the guys that got blue belt, uh, black belt as well. And congrats to my dude Hoppa for getting a brown belt. Hey, congratulations to everybody that competed last weekend yeah. in one of the biggest stages of jujitsu. In more grappling news this weekend, if you want to watch on Flow Grappling, you can. Um, the ADCC Austin Open takes place in what? Austin, Texas. Uh, so like, you know, people trying to get in on that action, getting ready for the ADCC, um, next year, that's going to happen at, I believe T-Mobile arena in Las Vegas. Dude, so that's huge. And in boxing news, um, this weekend, there is a WBO IBF flyweight unification bout between Jesse Rodriguez and Sonny Edwards in Glendale, Arizona. Speaking of boxing, boxing fans, shout out to, uh, what the, f I don't know his first name, but it's that Filipino boxer. He fought on the, uh, Devin Haney card. I think was it Devin, the Devin Haney card last oh, weekend? last weekend. I yes, think his last Devin name Haney. is Magsayo. Is that his name? Fuck. I, I don't name. know. I think he got a stoppage. So shout out to our Filipino brother. <laughs> Lumpia on the house. Lumpia for everyone. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> what, what, what you got going on the rest of your week, bro? Man, my son has a fever. So we're going to, yeah, it's supposed to be my birthday this weekend. And my wife is supposed to take me out. And like, we're supposed to have a bunch of sex. And, a, you know, <laughs> but we just got to fucking take care of our son. So I was hoping to do some drugs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's how you celebrate a birthday. Exactly. Hey, I'm 40. I'm turning so, so 43. Look, we need to do more drugs when we're older. Come on. Hey, let me tell you something. Okay. Hey, you people that have kids, people who are listening, who are kids, please take care of yourselves. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on out there. Flu, RSV, oh, yeah. COVID is still around. Get your booster shots, guys. Get your vaccinations. Take care of yourselves because when you take care of yourselves, you're also taking care of the people in your community. Yeah. So everyone stay healthy out there. Okay. Because look what happens when people get sick. Sean doesn't sex. get laid. <laughs> Sean can't get laid. You can't get get sick, a, I can't get Sean my blowjob. You know? on, his, on his fucking birthday. That's a travesty. I can't get travesty. my birthday blowjob, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, what do you got planned for this weekend? It's going to be your birthday too, man. It's my birthday as well. Should um, I just say fuck my wife and forget my wife and we'll just go hang out? <laughs> We'll just fuck each other. And okay. Well, I know, hey, it's going to take more than just one much. tequila to get into my pants, buddy. Okay. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a high class hoe. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, this Saturday, uh, our school at Hapkirio say we're celebrating 20 years being at that location. Oh, shout out to and Master, so Master we're Kong. Having a, 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 yeah, it's a shout out to Master Kong. He's hosting a party for us, the instructors and the students over at Hapkirio say. Is there so, alcohol? It, it, there is going to be alcohol. Should I just go there? It's catered. <laughs> hey, you know what? You could be my guest, you know, come through. 
I'll give you the I'll give you the end. I'll give you the invite. Um, what time is so this? No. It, <laughs> I'll give you the information yeah, yeah, off yeah. the air. Uh, Hell, people yeah, so, start calling over there. So, like, yeah, oh my god, <laughs> that's one of the things that we're like uh, that we're kind of nervous about. But usually, what happens is that uh, people RSVP, and then sometimes you know anywhere between twenty to thirty percent don't show up because yeah. things come up. You know, especially when you're dealing with people that have kids. Um, but we're super excited. So Friday and Saturday morning is going to be uh, a lot of prepping, prepping the building for it, uh, getting things ready because we want everyone to have a, a good time, a safe time. Um, and it's a way for our school to give a thank you to all of our students, especially given what the world has been like the past three years. Oh, man. A, a lot of these great great students and great parents who stuck with our school yeah. through the pandemic and help, help get us through. And so this is like part of a thank you to all of them for being a part of our community. So I'm, I'm super looking forward to that. Um, I'm so looking forward to an excuse to dress up. So I'm going to be uh, fly it out. So, <laughs> so watch out everybody. <laughs> Yeah, watch out, guys. He's not going to be wearing any underwear. So, oh well, you know, so I think these pants are kind of tight, so underwear kind of gets in the way. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what's happening this weekend for me, bro. Nice man, that's going to be a freaking a good time, man. I'm really hoping my kid gets better, dude. This is bullshit. <laughs> well, because you want your kid to be healthy, yeah. yeah. Plus, also Sean's looking for that birthday sex. Yeah, dude. <laughs> my parents were supposed to watch my kids, but I can't. My dad just got over COVID, so it's like, fuck. Uh, you can't put that on your. Can't dad, put that man. on my dad again. Yeah. All right, hey man, we'll we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. We, yeah. When you and I, we're, we'll link up for some birthday drinks. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure, for sure, dude. And I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not giving you birthday sex, bro. <laughs> That's all right. But since I'm older, maybe I expect birthday sex from you. I don't know. Maybe yeah, yeah, age yeah. I rank on it's you. Like, I do outrank you in jujitsu. It's the Kuya thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. There ain't no fucking going on. Yeah, there's here. no fucking. Oh, yeah, no. no one's fucking. Not even me. And I'm married. So it's like, <laughs> anyway, it's like the, a normal married guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us, guys. <laughs> on, on that note. On that note. <laughs> that's going to do it for us, guys. Don't forget to like, share, and I think that's it. The podcast. Uh, don't forget to follow us on our social media. Mine is Sean underscore P underscore. And yours, uh, Carlo? Hopkey1 on Instagram. Uh, shout out to Magala Jiu-Jitsu for their performance out there in the Nogi Worlds in Las Vegas. So don't forget to check out Magala Jiu-Jitsu in San Francisco, uh, Omni Movement in Hercules, and FTCC in Las Vegas. I'm over at Hapkido USA. We're with our Colgado Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu team and uh, our Golden Pizza Muay Thai team. And shout out to our friends and fam over at Pacific Ring Sports in Oakland. And shout out to Sensei Jonathan Rojas over at Sama Martial Arts in Pinole. Shout out to my guy Taylor from FTCC Las Vegas. He took third as well. And uh, don't forget, guys, there's a huge fight. There's a lot of fights actually this weekend. So make sure to listen to this podcast and make those bets. And uh, who's our winner today? It was uh, our winner is Mike G. So, All Mike right. G, we're so going to be contacting you on your social media to get your size and your address so we can go ahead and send that shirt out to you. And don't worry, guys, we'll probably do another drawing at some point. And we got some more shirts coming out. 
Oh, and by the way, guys, just remember, like, you know, Christmas time is right around. Christmas is right around the corner. Oh, so yeah. for that special someone, make sure you pick up a Bella Tatami shirt <laughs> to let them know that you really what you really think about them. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we're the only ones that know what the fuck that is, but you know what? Oh, okay. it's a you great shirt. It's it's a great shirt. It's a great shirt. Especially for the uh, razor tanks for the women, you know. Please, please, please buy our merch. A favor and get that for the one you love. I know there's gonna be a bunch of Christmas parties this weekend, guys. So be safe. Take that Uber. Signing off. Take peace. Care, peace.